Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome the sugar-free man himself, Mike Collins. And it really is an acceptance thing. It's an acceptance, a level of acceptance of the word and the terminology addiction because it is still stigmatized regardless of its drugs, alcohol, even tobacco now. But when you think about sugar, they're like, I'm, they're not willing to accept the idea that they are an addict. And I'd love to find softer words, you know, I'd love to find easier words uh, or easier constructs. But the reality is, this is one that people know and they're, they realize that after they get 60, 90, 120 days, no sugar, they realize that for 20 years they tried to do it their way and moderate, and that abstinence, 100% abstinence, ended up being a whole lot easier than trying to moderate. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. Thank you for pressing play today. I hope you're having an incredible day, whether you're driving to work or driving home from work or walking your dog or washing dishes or exercising. I appreciate you being here today. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today's episode is very important. Sugar addiction. We've had previous guests to have this conversation like Dr. Joan Eafland and Dr. Michael Gorin and Bitten Johnson, Vera Tarman, uh, and, and several other amazing people. And today we have another, another amazing person, uh, Mike Collins. And he's going to share his story. 36 plus years ago, he went sober. 32 years ago, he went sugar-free. And uh, you know, part of that reason why he did that is seeing the struggle of his mom who had a sugar addiction, which ultimately led to part of the reason why she passed away. And she, he's going to get into why sugar and flowers are a very psychoactive drug. Very interesting the way that this works. When you think about the different parts of your brain, you have the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that helps you make a decision. It's the critical thinking part of your brain. And when you're experiencing a sugar addiction, that blood is shunted away from the prefrontal cortex and it goes to the primitive part of your brain, the fight or flight response. And uh, that's why it's so hard when you experience a craving to overcome that. And typically you're going you're gonna to succumb to that craving. It's one of the biggest takeaways I got from today's conversation, and I think this is going to really help you if you're struggling with sugar addiction, food addiction, or any addiction for that matter, is this. When you find yourself 
walk into the kitchen and opening up the pantry for some cookies or for some sugar or opening up the freezer for some ice cream. What led to that? Was it a high anxiety conversation, stressful conversation? And you kind of see this become a theme. If that's the case, which it usually is, it's, it's a certain relationship conversation or job issue or whatever it is that leads you to having the sugar craving and having yourself walk to the pantry or whatever. If you could identify what leads you to that situation and work on removing that high anxiety, stressful situation in your life or situations, then it could ultimately prevent you from eating the sugar. I think this is very, very powerful. And he's going to explain a little bit more about what I'm sharing here. We're also going to get into why the word addiction is looked at as a negative term and why sugar is actually a drug and why it should be recognized as a drug. And we compare what's going on with sugar to what happened with the tobacco industry and how doctors used to promote smoking. We're also going to get into his upcoming eighth annual Quit Sugar Summit, which is starting on January 24th. This is 100% free. He's going to share some of the amazing speakers that are going to be on this virtual summit. I'm blessed to come back. This is my third time on the summit. And they're giving you an awesome opportunity to get registered for this free summit. We're going to drop a link for the Quit Sugar Summit right at the top of the podcast notes. So go click it, get registered for it. It's starting on January 24th. I believe it's going to change your life. And I think it's going to make a big difference for you. So please, please, please get signed up for it. So before I bring them on, I do want to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Lift and Way titled, Ben Saved My Life. I'm not sure I have the proper words, but I'll try. Single mom that started to feel extremely off when my last baby was born 11 years ago. I went to an incredible number of doctors that brushed me off as the tired new mom. Finally, a thyroid dysfunction was noted, but none of the 12 endocrinologists I went to could properly read my labs, and therefore, all of them wanted to take my thyroid. I fought for 11 years until finally I had nodules the size of a grapefruit. A thyroidectomy, of course, exacerbated my issues. After listening to the advice of Ben and his incredible guests, I am on my way to a full recovery of my life. I thank you. My children thank you. So grateful for your work. Gosh. Got goosebumps just reading that. That is absolutely heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. I'm sorry the doctors would not acknowledge what was going on with you. And it's so common, conventional doctors. This happens a lot. I'm sorry you had to go through the thyroidectomy, but I'm so glad and so grateful you're on your way to a full recovery. And my work has helped with that and the amazing guest I have. So Lift and Way, thank you for sharing that. It is so inspiring. I hope it inspires others who are hearing me share this. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing that review and for your story. It's absolutely beautiful. If you haven't left the Keto Camp podcast a rating and review yet, please do so. 
Maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. It really helps the show as well. So if you get value from the show, this could be a great way to say thank you by just leaving a rating and review. Before we bring on Mike, a quick message from today's sponsor. I always say structure trumps intention. You could have all the best intentions in the world, but if you don't have the structure in place, it's going to be very difficult to get the amazing keto and fasting results that you want. If you are on the go traveling and you don't want to think about what can you eat to help you feel satisfied and to help you continue getting results on your keto journey, for me, my structure when I'm on the go, when I'm traveling, and when I want to have something nearby that's a healthy snack, my go-to is Paleo Valley's Beef Sticks. Paleo Valley beef sticks are the perfect gut-friendly, clean protein snack for on the go. And if you have children, this is one of the best things to give your kids. These beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and finished by farmers right here in the United States. They contain naturally occurring probiotics, which helps increase the diversity in your gut. It contains organic spices. It has high concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids. Elevated levels of conjugated linoleic acid, which we know is an antioxidant and also could enhance your body's ability to burn fat. It contains vitamins and minerals, elevated concentrations of glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant, and it's good for the environment. They have flavors that range from original to garlic summer sausage, regular summer sausage, jalapeno, teriyaki, and they also have turkey sticks available as well. They taste so good that I usually go through three or four, and I think I might set the record for eating almost 10 Paleo Valley beef sticks. Maybe somebody out there has eaten more than me in one sitting. You know, me and my fiance, Natasia, we're always fighting over these beef sticks in our house. We go into the pantry, and I hear her unwrapping it, and I'm like, hey, are you eating one of my beef sticks? <laughs> they are delicious, and since you are a avid listener of the Keto Camp Podcast, we worked out an exclusive deal for you to get 15% off your entire order of Paleo Valley products. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. That is KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. Okay, let's talk about sugar addiction with Mike Collins. Michael Collins is the founder of sugaraddiction.com, sugardetox.com, and the Quit Sugar Summit, as well as the past chairman of the board and current board member of Addiction Institute, has been completely sugar-free for over 30 years and has worked closely with others to help them regain lives ravaged by this addictive product. Here's Michael Collins. Mike Collins, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, brother. Thank you, sir. How are you? Good to see you, man. This is, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited too. We've uh, grown up together, the two of us, huh? In the, we have. In the online space. Huh? We have, yeah. The last time we had a conversation like this was uh, your summit, uh, which was, I think our conversation was like almost two years ago. And you've done so much tremendous work. You have a new summit coming up, a quick sugar summit, which we'll talk about. But before we get to that, this is the first time you've actually been on my podcast. So okay. I would imagine some of my audience might not be familiar with your work. Some of them will be. But your backstory, you have been sugar-free for 32 plus years, which is incredible. You also have uh, your, your mom was also a, a sugar addict. And um, part of that was the reason why she passed away. So I'd love for you to share your story, 
How did you get involved with what you're doing now? And why did you decide to go sugar-free 32 plus years ago, Mike? Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is uh, the keto community has uh, been a friend of our summits and a friend of uh, our work, put it that way. They're very uh, sciencey, which I like, you know. But I got sober almost 37 years ago now. And, you know, pretty much I started using sugar the same way I was using drugs and alcohol. I wasn't eating any food and flour and sugar were just the staples of my diet, right? And I'm a thin athletic guy and I was gaining weight and acne and, you know, the whole thing. It was just like I was tired all the time. So I started delving into, I read a book called Sugar Blues. And Sugar Blues was written by a guy named William Duffy. Duffy was uh, married to Gloria Swanson, the, the famous movie star, right? And they promoted that book in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, I just, it took me a couple of years to get off the stuff. But there was a guy that I was working out in the gym and he was doing no sugar when he was cutting for weight, you know, and uh, no carbs when he was cutting for weight or, you know, cutting for a show. And so we got talking and he was about the only support system I ever had with it. And uh, finally made it off, no flour, no sugar, no caffeine for, and, and somehow the, the, the story continued where my kids at the time, uh, I, I was married to a woman and I talked her into having children, uh, no flour, no sugar, no caffeine in the womb until they were six years old. Wow. So that was an amazing part of the story. But the, the thing goes a lot farther back. Uh, we talked about before we kind of, my mom was a, the, my favorite circuit junkie. I mean, she was just covered up with, she just loved this stuff. And the story's kind of sad because when she was eight years old, my grandmother, her mother died and they owned the country store across the way. And my grandfather had to move in with his sister and she was just lonely and, and Mr. Mom. And so he made a deal with his cousin. He said, anytime my mom came into that store, she could have any candy she wanted, right? For free, just put it on this tab. And so this literally lasted until the day she died. She genuinely uh, been, been thought that sugar was love, right? It was, and that's how we were treated as kids. We had unfettered access to the sugar bowl. You know, we could put as much sugar on our Cheerios and our cornflakes and anything we wanted. I mean, we made this gigantic, I mean, I've never seen a bowl as big since uh, of chocolate chip cookies every single Saturday. And it lasted only like three days. But uh, this is how we bonded. I, you know, I would go grocery shopping with her. And because I was the mule, the carrier, I would get rewarded. And she had a stash and we knew where it was. But anyway, that went on until I was, you know, till I literally ran into beer and alcohol and drugs and all that. And that, that party lasted till I was 28. And so when I did get sober, I got, as I mentioned, off the sugar. And it just, I went on to have a regular career, literally a regular life business. And a lot of it was online stuff, but fast forward. And I bought sugaraddiction.com in 2009 and started putting out literally the best information on the planet. I mean, it was like the best information I could find sharing sugar blues with them and other videos and stuff, but literally no one took the information and I wasn't doing it full time then. It wasn't until about uh, 2017, 18, when I started coaching and more importantly, doing online groups, literal 
coaching groups so people could see one another. Zoom was just starting. We were using GoToMeeting and stuff. And so it was like people could see one another because we're still kind of early adopters, as you know. People just not accepting this idea that sugar could actually be a psychoactive drug that they need after they get started, after their childhood. They just can't put it down. And it, it goes on a spectrum, Ben. It's like I started in late stage food addiction. You know, folks at two and 300 pounds overweight, losing limbs, going blind. And they still couldn't put the sugar down. And the doctor said, you're going to be dead this year if you don't stop. And they still couldn't. And to me, that was the definition of addiction. And we've since moved up to what I call harmful users. And these are folks, possibly some of your subscribers and listeners, that they want to do everything on a keto diet. But they just can't put this sugar piece of the puzzle down. They call it, literally, I've just drawn these parallels that the keto flu, this process that you pass through while you're coming off the sugar and getting fat adapted, is the exact, not it is the exact same thing. It is sugar addiction withdrawals. It mm -hmm. is the withdrawals from sugar, flour, caffeine, these kind of other substances that are having a problem. But anyway, that's the short version. That's the podcast version of how I got here from there. And uh, usually it brings up more questions than it answers. But yeah, it's you know. an amazing story. And, and you're right. I think when we hear the word, the term keto flu, it gives keto a bad name, but it's not a keto problem. It's actually carbohydrate sugar withdrawal symptoms. And it's, yeah. it's your way of detoxing that, similar exactly. to detoxing a drug. So you mentioned psychoactive drug. Sugar is a psychoactive drug. But you know what, Mike? There is drug dealers every corner. The ice cream truck, the Walgreens, the gas station, the supermarket. So why aren't we recognizing this as a psychoactive drug? Why is it so readily available? In fact, people are offended if you're not eating their apple pie or, or whatever it is. So why is this happening? Why, why haven't we caught up yet? No, it's it's a fair question and it's a good question. <clears throat> you and I, I think, are looking at it a little myopically, and I've kind of come to this conclusion personally, is that there because I'm immersed in it and because we do these summits, we'll talk about later, where I've interviewed over 250 of the world's leading scientists who to date have been languishing in anonymity, not being able to get their story and information about. They've been studying it for years, decades, some of them. But 95% of the population just doesn't get this yet. They haven't really adopted or adapted this idea. And to be honest and to be fair, they are not up to date on the science, the actual science that has exploded in the last five years about the brain, the body, the glucose, the fructose, everything that around sugar and its potential and power as a psychoactive and powerful neurotoxin, right? A toxin in the body. And it's like the tech world, Ben, it's like there's early adopters and then there's people that come in later and then then the population gets it. You and I have lived through this twice in our life, which is drinking and driving and smoking and smoking in public places, smoking in general, but smoking in public places where at first it was like, you know, 
whatever. It was just not accepted very well. And only a few people were passionate about it. And then finally, on the other side, which we like we've lived through and watched, is we've been able to see that, you know, back in my day, if you were drinking and driving, it was just they would pat you on the head and say, just don't get caught. And now you are definitely a, uh, you know, an outcast if you're, you know, drinking and driving and then cigarettes the same way, right? And cigarettes is a better parallel because of the the health component, right? Well, not that drinking and driving is a, is a healthy activity, but, you know, the health component of people are wising up. And I think, to be honest, to, to be fair, the, the tobacco litigation, which was literally a trillion dollar, five to seven year free advertising campaign, drove the American population to from 40 plus percent of the American adult population smoking down below 14%. And it was because of that exposure. And what you're doing and what I'm doing, I think is a parallel. I think there's going to be a tipping point where people are aware of this. And I think the important part is going to be the research around the brain and giving this product to children both in the womb and as they're young and the developmental, the brain development stuff, let alone the body stuff that children, because mothers will do anything for their kids mm -hmm. and they're not going to maybe quit just to lose a couple pounds, but you know, it's going to be a change. So it's long answer to a sh short question, but yeah. Yeah. And it's important that you said it's not just when the mom gives birth, it's actually when the baby's in the womb. So if you're pregnant listening to this, it's, it's right now. There is a parallel as, as well with uh, the tobacco smoking industry and sugar in regards to, I forget the years, but back in the day, doctors, when smoking was socially acceptable, just like sugar, doctors would be promoting their favorite tobacco brand and they would be you know, endorsing smoking cigarettes. And of course, that's changed. But now we see that with doctors promoting sugar, as long as you're you know, meeting your calorie intake and you could have the sugar. And, and there's even some people in our space, and uh, I mean the health and fitness space, that say sugar addiction is actually not real. It's a made up thing. So what would you say to those who are saying that sugar addiction is a, is a fake thing that we're making up here? That they should just spend five minutes in my inbox or five <laughs> minutes in my instant messenger, and they would see the pain out there the pain that the, as I mentioned, the losing limbs, the going blind yeah. and they still can't quit. And moreover, I think, which I think is the answer, your work you're doing and I'm doing is the stories of success. And if they were to understand it and hear it, that the struggles, decades long struggles of people who have tried to quit sugar Look, you've recognized it, you know, 95% of every diet ever written, literally every diet ever written, it's probably higher than 95%, says quit the white stuff, flour and sugar, or cut back on it, right? And people have cycled through all these things. But the problem is, is that, and this is a bigger problem in the eating disorder world, right? So you look at binge eating and the quote unquote cure for binge eating is moderation of source. They don't, you're not well in the eating disorder world if you can't moderate some amount of sugar and flour. But the simple fact of the matter is, and the science is proving this out day in and day out, that 
some people biochemically cannot ingest sugar. And the success stories of people who have tried to moderate over the years and to just do a diet or a detox or something like that, and then eventually end up going back. You know the literature, 95% of all people that lose any amount of weight gain it all back and then some in the first year. And if they could see what happens in our communities where people disappear for a time and then that fact comes true, they gain it back, they begin to realize that, and it really is an acceptance thing, it's an acceptance, a level of acceptance of the word and the terminology addiction, because it is still stigmatized, regardless of its drugs, alcohol, even tobacco now. But when you think about sugar, they're like, I'm, they're not willing to accept the idea that they are an addict. And I'd love to find softer words. You know, I'd love to find easier words uh, or easier constructs. But the reality is, this is one that people know. And they're, they realize that after they get 60, 90, 120 days, no sugar, they realize that for 20 years, they tried to do it their way and moderate. And that abstinence, 100% abstinence, ended up being a whole lot easier than trying to moderate. And so once you see all of the, the components of this immersion that I've had for a decade, and then you know, full time for three or four years here, five years almost, they would see that the answer is not uh, any kind of moderation and that sugar addiction is very, very real. When you say 100% abstinence, are you also including into that like fruit, for example, or, or are there some exceptions to the rule with fruit with some people? I get a lot of pushback on the fruit, Ben. Okay, I, I do. And, and I, I understand it. You know, back in the day, some marketing group uh, married fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And fruits and vegetables are not the same. Okay. Fruits have been hybridized for what? for fructose. One of the leads on our summit is a man with a book coming out. I could get it. It's over there somewhere. Richard, they was it, it to me. What's his name? R Richard Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I just interviewed him. I just, okay, uh, I'm, I'm releasing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fructose part of this component is so powerful. And these products are hybridized for what? For fructose. Mm -hmm. Now there is a, you know, like coca leaves and cocaine, powdered and processed fructose, which is for your audience, 50% of the table sugar molecule, half glucose, half fructose. Yes, the powdered stuff, the, the, the processed stuff is more powerful, but when you're talking about seedless grapes and seedless oranges and hybridized apples, and these things are super high in fructose, and we've found through a decade of trial and error that people who binge on the fruit during their detox, they set the they keep the cravings alive. Yeah. They keep the fructose, uh, as Dr. Johnson, I'm sure has said, it keeps the fructose pathways alive. And so during detox, during the first 30, 69 days, we try and go low uh, fructose and low glycemic stuff, which is berries and what have you. And some people can go back to eating moderate amounts of fruit. You know, some of the famous carnivores are now eating some fruit and what have you. But if you're trying to get off sugar, 
you need to include this. You need to think about it in a way that it's about the fructose. It's not about the powder stuff. It's just, you have to think about, we know what the glucose does to the body, the diabetes too, the weight, and every other malady you can think of. Alzheimer's, they're calling diabetes three, right? But what is little known, and, and I'm so excited to have Dr. Johnson on our summit, is that people don't realize what the fructose is doing. What kicked this off a decade ago was Robert Lustig's YouTube video that went strangely viral. Yeah. It's a college lecture of 90 minutes describing what? Fructose, yeah. right? And so I had an email go out today, and, and I was gonna I was gonna say, like they said in the Clinton administration, it's the fructose, stupid, and I didn't want to offend anyone, and that's not politically correct anymore, but it's not the sugar, quote unquote, it's the fructose. Yeah, well said. You know, so during that time frame where you're detoxing the sugar, 30, 60, 90 days, good idea to avoid all of that. What about stevia and monk fruit? Would you also avoid that during that time frame? It's so interesting. I had a conversation with Gabriel Cousin, who's probably the most famous vegan, raw food vegan vegetarian in the world. He basically has a raw food keto vegan diet, app or uh, avocados and greens and uh, olives. Right? And, and fat, does he throw in fasting as well to get into and, and he's a faster. He okay. leads fasting retreats. Interesting. And he believes you should start with five days of fasting. I don't personally believe that, but that's yeah. another story. <laughs> but I, my hero man used to be Jack Lane, who pulled 70 people in 70 boats with his hands tied, hands and feet dolphin kicking on his 70th birthday. Dr. Cousins can do 1,800 push-ups in a row at 79, right? And the reason I bring Dr. Cousins in is because he's tested all of these things and doesn't think any of them can, should be used except Sevia which oh, was weird. Interesting. Now, personally, I don't believe she used stevia either. I don't believe any of those products. What you have to do is you have to move away from your taste buds. Your taste buds change like every seven to 10 days. So very quickly, peppers are going to taste sweet. Onions are going to taste sweet. Carrots are going to taste sweet. Macadamia nuts will taste like candy. Another guy we had on from the Cantley Lab, Lewis Cantley at Cornell, he said that, and I agree with this, and I've seen this in practice thousands of times, is that when people get the sweet taste, their body is needing and thinking about the real thing, and it leads them to it. It just keeps, like the fructose, keeps the cravings alive. And you can't have that. It just, everyone that is listening to this is tried keto. So everyone who has done this has tried to get off flour and sugar and they can attest to these cravings right these are the things that stop your progress and if you can get past 30 60 or 90 days the physical cravings go away but the mental cravings will remain if you insist on using all of these artificial sweeteners because your brain is still engaged in the sweet hunt and dr Lus or dr johnson's book and this new study about the foraging thing is that the body goes into overdrive, continuing to look for more sweetness when it first ingests. Remember, as I'm sure he told you, we only got fructose once a year at a short period of time when the fruit was ripe or when they would uh, try and get some honey. And the rest of the year, we just didn't have the product. 
And so the brain was adapted to search the product out because it has a it has a function in animals and humans, early animals and humans, not the diet we see today. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting anthropological puzzle. People say, Mike, you should be a doctor. Are you a doctor? I said, no, I'm nowhere near a doctor. But if I were a doctor, it would be a doctorate in anthropological human diet, right? The study of how we got into this problem. And if people did study the history, they would understand the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, you know, you make a good point. Speaking of which, when Dr. Richard Johnson was on my show, he was talking about his book called Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. fat as possible before they went to hibernation. And that's an example of what fructose is doing to us. It's making us fat. And when and, and you look back at history, that's the way that it, it went. Second point that you made was really interesting is I remember when I first did keto in 2013, 2014, I was super strict with keto. I was not having stevia or monk fruit or anything like that. And about three or four months into this strict process, I remember being at Starbucks and I got this dark chocolate at Starbucks and I ate a piece of it and it tasted so sweet to me. It tasted like <laughs> milk chocolate. And I'm like, I have never tasted dark chocolate. It tasted like milk chocolate. And I reset my, my taste buds and that was sweet to me. And then the carrots were sweet to me and the macadamia nuts were sweet to me. So it's a matter of resetting that palate, which takes some time, but it, but it can be done. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidized. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is Pure lifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I do want to get into what sugar does to the brain, uh, specifically, because you mentioned that it is a psychoactive drug and it influences the brain. So what exactly is happening in the brain when we're eating fructose and sugar and uh, high processed carbohydrate foods? 
Yeah, I think this part of the puzzle, when people get it and accept it, they change and their life changes. They, they really do. And all of the brain reward chemicals are affected by sugar, uh, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, your adrenal glands, your endorphins, even the big one, oxytocin, the bonding chemical. All of these are affected and depleted and the more than depleted, they are manually manipulated by sugar, right? When you do finally stop, you're starting the game with less dopamine receptors. They've been downregulated. They've been thinned out, right? And this is something I intuitively knew many years ago. And now the scientists are really catching up with, this, especially Dr. Johnson and the fructose research. Is leptin as well part of that? Is leptin receptors? Yes, all of these things. And Dr. Cousins was talking about the leptin. All of these things are affected. All of the hormonal pathways in your body, the ghrelin, the leptin, everything is affected, right, by this neurotoxin. And one of the things that people, the, a mental shift that if people were able to grasp, they would, um, they have to realize that since the womb, 95%, 98% of the time, that passes the, well, it passes the blood barrier the whole time, but 95% of people were like a, a crack cocaine baby, they, they became a, a sugar baby, right? And not the sugar baby people are thinking yeah. about, they're thinking about and then they, they, they continued it as a baby and, and as an adult. And they're not thinking their cravings are for a sweet taste, although their body has co-opted their entire system, like their stomach and their taste buds and their, their brain and everything. They're trying to get a dopamine hit. They're trying to get back to normal, right? Because when you get to be an adult, the only thing you're really doing is fighting off withdrawals. You're fighting off the lowered dopamine, the man manual unconscious manipulation that you've done because you can get this product anywhere. It's almost free and you never have to worry about it. So people ingrained this into their life, thinking and believing that when they craved something, that they were craving something sweet. When in reality, they were just craving to get their dopamine level back up a little bit, right? And when they grasp that simple concept, their life changes because now they realize that it's just not this ubiquitous common substance that, that they can just reach and grab anywhere in any household. I mean, the stories are unbelievable. Kids eating sugar cubes, eating sugar right out of the bag, you know, that their cravings for it were real. And that this societal acceptance, you can give this product to a one-year-old with no legal, moral, or, you know, ethical worries. And so they not thinking that the possibility exists that they are trying to elevate their dopamine and all the other things I mentioned, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, that they're playing with manually manipulating like they were drinking or doing drugs. They just want to get back to normal. And because the buzz, quote unquote, the, the rapidity or the level of the high or the level of the all is right with the world feeling for about 20 minutes. And then you're chasing the high again, right? Yeah. And it's like that first cigarette and cup of coffee in the morning, right? It's like you're feeling, and then you can't wake up and not do it. You just have to have that 
even if it's just that respite of 30 or 20 or 30 minutes, and then you're chasing it all day long. And people that don't drink and people that don't smoke and people that don't do cough caffeine, they think they're better then, right? Because they're doing it with sugar. Yeah. The physical maladies don't manifest for 20 or 30 years. The weight, the diabetes, the heart disease, all of these things don't manifest for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that, that's the challenge. You don't see the immediate negative right. consequence of that decision. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to crash a car, probably. You know, you're not going to get arrested for stealing because you needed to support your habit. It's too inexpensive. And and the buzz is not the euphoria of the other substances, but it is so, I actually think it's a perfect drug. It's it's such a a subtle wellness feeling that comes over you for a few minutes that you... Because you're only fighting off withdrawals, you're not really catching on to it, right? You're just thinking you're leading, leading your life, right? And this is part of it. But when you consciously separate these things, and when, like, if I told you to stop eating steak for a month, you'd say, okay, yeah, no problem. I mean, you like steak, you'd, you'd substitute, right? But when you stop eating sugar, these symptoms come on these this inability this free rent in your head where people all of a sudden they're like i gotta have it you know it's like they're trying to do a keto diet but they can't put this how i mean i don't know about you but i'll tell you a story a guy lost 100 pounds on keto right plateaued right he couldn't get off the peanut m ms <laughs> It's like he just for two years kept being he had 60 more pounds to lose and he just kept being drawn back to it right and he was really good about his keto diet there were no exceptions in his keto diet but peanut m&ms and here's what happened he had had a relationship with a woman for 12 years and it was how shall i say <laughs> chaotic at the, at the least and he realized that every time he was ingesting peanut M&Ms, he had had a dust-up or something with that woman. Now, years later, the woman is gone, the peanut M&Ms are gone, and the 60 pounds are gone. Because he finally realized that he was just relieving himself of the anxiety of the situation. And he was using an, a ubiquitous free almost drug and again, he had lost 100 pounds already. And when he came to me, he just couldn't understand why his brain couldn't compute this peanut M&M equation. You know? That's a power tip right there. Because if somebody listening or watching has a sugar addiction, which chances are it's a high percentage, if you could pinpoint the events that are frequently occurring in your life, the high anxiety, high stressful events that are happening in your day to day, it could be a relationship, a job, some sort of activity that you find yourself stressed and then walking to the kitchen, walking to the pantry and eating the sugar. If you could remove the stressful event, you could potentially remove that habit of eating the sugar. Is that what you're saying, Mike? That's 100% exactly what I'm saying. And you know, this is amazing, actually, that people don't know this. Hell, people don't know it in the substance use disorder world, let alone in our world. It is a very well-known construct in the substance use disorder world that if you started using... Um, alcohol or drugs at 14 or 15, you stopped growing emotionally. 
Your life is a mess. Your relationships are a mess. Your finances are a mess. Your career is a mess, right? You're in treatment, you know, and people realize that they had stopped. Like what would happen is that they would live their life. A problem would come up. They would use. They'd be okay for that night. But the next day, the problem's still there. Nothing changed. They didn't get a better job. They didn't become responsible. Their life was interrupted emotionally. The maturity of their emotions had been stunted, right? Now, this is like any treatment center, any recovery book, you'll read this. But think about going back to the womb. Think about going back to childhood where we are using this product, right? And now that the brain science, the Lustigs and the Tobbs and the Johnsons and the Cantleys have proven that this is affecting the brain, affecting the emotions, affecting everything to do with your nucleus accumbens, your processing. The sugar is actually drawing the, the um, blood system back to the primitive brain, which is making you feel better emotionally by the dopamine and serotonin by activating it manually and pulling it away from the frontal cortex which is why an intelligent man can like lose a hundred pounds on a beautiful system that is working but still can't put down this one product that's why it's happening metabolically physically in their brain in their biology in their system that's why it's happening and now this is coming out and becoming more well-known. People are accepting this um, paradigm, this, this shift that has to occur in society and individually for people to get well and to get off the sugar that's quite honestly killing them. That's fascinating. So the blood flow is going from the prefrontal cortex, which is where you are critically thinking and making your decisions, and it's being shuttled to your the primitive part of your brain, which is for survival. When you are going through stress, uh, anxiety, and this sugar... Fight or flight. Fight or flight. Yeah. yeah. That's where it's giving the relief of the stressful situation. That's where mm. we got... Let's just call it what it is. We got addicted to it because when we ingested it, we got a calm about us, a serenity about us, a peace about us, that everything is all right in the world about us, right? This feeling came over us and we didn't put it together consciously that it was coming from something we ingested because it is so freely available. And so when the, the process begins to cleave apart, to separate what I call a drug, a psychoactive drug with a real food, we finally start to see the cracks in the, I don't want to say rationale, but just the acceptance of what you've done all you, your life. You know, the old saying, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. If you've done diets over and over again, and you've done keto or whatever it is over and over again, but you kept getting drawn back to the sugar and plateauing and the flour. Maybe if you try it this way, I always, I always say buy into Mikey's little fantasy. Just give me 90 days. Never been, never. Well, no, they slip occasionally. 
but they never go back once they get 90 full days of 100% abstinence from flour and sugar. And we like to include caffeine because caffeine and sugar are paired together with almost everything and chocolate and tea and coffee. And when you ingest, now about 10% of people, and it pisses me off a little, and I don't know if this is you, I'll apologize afterwards, but drinking caffeine and doing keto is ends badly. Okay. 10% of people can do it early on, but it just keeps this dopamine, this playing with your brain alive. Okay. So when you say it ends badly, you mean specifically for a sugar addict? For a sugar addict and a caffeine addict. A caffeine addict. Okay. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard, man. Look, caffeinism, caffeine use disorder is actually in the DSM because doctors, the medical establishment has has seen it with their eyes, what happens when people abuse this drug, right? Somehow, we still have to fight to get what I'm calling sugar use disorder or processed food use disorder into the DSM, right? We we can't get it in there so that people can get insurance and get doctor visits and rehab. And it'll happen. It's going to happen. The science is catching up. But this caffeine thing that I see some of the biggest of the big with their proclamations of caffeine and coffee, it's starting to piss me off, to be honest with you, because it's harming their folks, right? And they're substituting their sugar and their flour for their heightened black coffee and black tea habits. And that's going to end badly for the pancreas, for the brain, for anxiety, you know, there's just too many parts to that. And again, I'm the sugar guy, but in my work, this is a true story, okay? So I don't know how much time we got, but this- We're good, keep going. (laughs) I worked with an Olympic athlete. She placed in the Olympics and I'll get her name. She said it was okay to mention her name. She got a bronze medal, she's from Australia. And she, we were trying to get her off sugar. And she like couldn't get off sugar and I couldn't understand it. And she could do anything with her body, obviously, right? But she just kept going back to the sugar. So we went and did an audit, or this is about four or five years ago. Went back and did an audit of her thing. And her coaches had her start on coffee at 10 years old. Okay. 10 years old. Now, not Coca-Cola, coffee. And any 10-year-old is drinking coffee, had to have sugar with it, right? So there was this, like the stevia, like the sugar, this fake sugars, this reaction in her brain that as she tried to drink, you know, continue her life with this black coffee, that the sugar cravings were kept alive, right? Because of this manual manipulation of the dopamine and the serotonin, right? And everything else. And so when she got off the coffee, she was able to get off the sugar and stay off it. So... And it was hard because it's deep. And we have a small caffeine group on Facebook. And the withdrawals model amphetamine withdrawals very closely, right? And they take a long time, longer than sugar, to heal the brain up, to heal these other functions of the brain up. And so it's just, again, I'm not 
calling out the guys, but I, I really wish they would stop talking about the coffee stuff that I got to have my coffee and I'm keto as hell. But, <laughs> yeah, you make no, a fair point. No need to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for those who are, because this episode's coming out in, in January, right? And January is the year or the new year where a lot of people are making changes. And a lot of these people are probably starting keto. They're probably one week, two weeks into keto as they listen to this. I think one of the best tips that we can give is what you already mentioned, which is to identify the high anxiety moments that are happening in your day to day that are leading to you going to your pantry and having the sugar. So identify that and work on removing that. But besides that tip, Mike, what are some, maybe a couple of other tips for those making this transition for them to stick with this for 30 to 60 to 90 days? Of course, you have your summit coming up, which is called the Quit Sugar Summit 2022 edition. And that's going to be a masterclass. And we'll share a little bit more about that soon. But what are some practical tips that you could share with my audience as they make this transition right now to keto? Yeah, probably the best uh, question of the day. You know, I like to talk about the macro and the society and the the whole thing and the, you know, the the space and, and I'm trying to, you know, raise awareness. But the most important person is the person just starting and the person trying to do this. Uh, and I have to be honest with the people. And this is a true story. So I own sugaraddiction.com, obviously, but I literally had to buy sugardetox.com because people don't want to hear about the addiction piece. I literally have to trick them into getting the ins getting inside so they can see what's going on. Right. And then they make that they self sort for whether or not they're an addict. Right. And so here's the thing. I'm going to tell your folks because, you know, we're friends and people are struggling, whatever. This is going to be hard for about seven to 10 days. You're going to feel like crap. And if you do caffeine, flour, sugar, and caffeine at the same in the third to fifth to seventh day, you are going to be incapacitated. If you had any habit at all, you're going to be lethargic. You're going to be depressed, physically depressed. Not You don't have a mental problem most times. Now, check with your doctor. But, you know, most because your dopamine finally says, thank you, God, you're giving me a rest. And to physically heal that takes time, right? You're going to be starving to death. It's because your body's trying, is craving to get these carbohydrates and these sugar back in. You're going to be sleeping a lot, right? You're going to be, you're you're not going to want to do anything. But I promise you, I promise you that if you can get through that with good rest, good hydration, good exercise, you know, do, you know, take like a at-home spa week or so and get through that seven to 10. And sometimes if you're way overweight and you've got a huge habit, This could last as long as 20 days or 30 days, but it will pass and you will get to the other side and all of these things will go away, but you've got to understand that they're coming, right? You have to understand that this is going to happen to you and that unconsciously your lower brain, your reptilian brain is trying to fight to get that back in to relieve all those symptoms. And anybody who's ever done it knows that one cup of coffee with a big bunch of sugar and it will relieve it all and you'll be back to normal. And what happens is people go into this process with kids and jobs and they get to the fourth day and they say, I ain't got time for this. I got kids to raise. 
I got a job to do. I cannot continue this, right? And so know it's coming and get with a group of people, Ben's group, my group. There's a hundred groups now online of people who are doing the same thing. You have to have this, that support because currently we're still early adopters. We're still the odd man out. You quit smoking cigarettes. All right, quit drinking. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. You quit using sugar, flour, caffeine. You go keto. And they're like, "What? That's what? weird. That's weird, dude. What's weird? You're uh, no, you're gonna die. You can't. You gotta have carbs. Yeah, you know. And what's happening is they're like looking at themselves in your mirror, the mirror of your face. They're saying to themselves, "Wow. I mean." If she's doing it, maybe I need to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. And so they're trying to say, but I baked this for you, but I bought this for you. And they're trying to keep you in a tribe that evolved over three or 400 years. That is not, you know, if you left, we're tribe animals. And if you left the tribe before you literally died, the pull is so strong to stay in a tribe, even a dysfunctional tribe that you can't and don't want to leave it. And they, honestly, to be honest, the people that are trying to pull you back, they think you might be injured if you go too far astray of the tribe, right? And so they don't want you to go away deep in their, their limbic brain. They want you to stay involved in the tribe. And so you have to have a new tribe. You got one when you went to college. You got one when you went to law school. You got one when you got in athletics. You got different tribes in your life. You don't have to leave your family. You don't have to leave your friends. You have to be involved with another tribe who believes as you and I do that these products might not be good for you and the science is catching up with that. So that's another piece of the puzzle. And it's probably one of the bigger pieces of the puzzle. And then you have to conquer, if you will, walk through these social pieces where you will be the odd person out. Restaurants, in, weddings, yes, parties, correct. yeah, barbecues. Correct. It's 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 difficult sometimes, and it's it's not fun at the beginning. But after a while, I swear to you, and after I have a thousand thousands, literally, of verified rent, written testimonials, the people will start to stick up for you, your kids, your spouse. They'll hand you a cookie or something. No, no, my mom does not eat cookies. <laughs> yeah. it, the whole thing flips because they'll see you lose the weight. They'll see you get up early. They'll see you processing better. They'll see you focusing better. They'll see you not irritable. I think you've had Joan Iflin on. Yes. Joan is the most honest person about what a bitch she was to her <laughs> children. This irritability went away. Mm -hmm. When I first met Joan 11 years ago, she was had an edge to her and she laughs i brought it up at this summit i i finally broached it i said she was a little you know and now she's the most kindest quiet you know i mean she's just like a, a personality transfer because she was in sugar withdrawals most of the time you know what i mean yeah absolutely i love that that's such a great great share. It's so valuable. This conversation is so valuable to so many people going through this and you have to do it long enough to see those results for the, for the family to start supporting you and the friends to start supporting you. But in the beginning, expect that that's not going to happen. You know, when you make changes, the truth of the matter is that when you change, you become a threat to everybody in your life who's not 
changing. And it's that limbic system, that tribe-like environment. When you're leaving the tribe with your decisions, you know, not necessarily technically leaving, but your decisions are different than your tribe, it sets that off. And it's easier for them to take you back to what they're doing and their bad habits than for them to change their habits. So I remember when I was going through my 80-pound weight loss transformation, sugar-addicted, drug-addicted, not so much alcohol-addicted, but video game-addicted, I would go to barbecues. And I knew that I needed to get over this 80 pounds of obesity, depression, suicide, sugar addiction. So I would say, no, I can't have that beer. No, I'm not going to eat those chips. Just give me the steak. Just give me the chicken. And my friends would make fun of me. They would call me you know, a wuss. And what are you doing? You know, one beer is not going to hurt you. And these comments could hold a lot of weight. But if you're so convicted in what you want to accomplish, they will rub off of you like water off of a fish. So the formula that I always share with my community, the formula that I believe for success in all areas, not just this conversation of sugar addiction, is suck, 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 cess. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the suck. Just keep moving forward, embrace it. And on the opposite side is a successful life, but you have to do it long enough to achieve that. If you're anything like me, you spend a lot of money on supplements each month. Have you ever thought these supplements are actually working for you? Are they attaching to your receptor sites and helping your cells do a specific job? What if you're not getting enough minerals? Or what if you have too much of something creating an imbalance in other minerals? Knowing this will not only save you money, but it'll also improve your health so you could balance out the vitamins and minerals that you really need. With that being said, how the heck do you know if you have a mineral imbalance? What I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that at the comfort of your home. In this case, I'm talking about my friends over at Upgraded Formulas and their Upgraded Hair Test Kit and Consultation When you discover the truth here and what's going on with your body, you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting your metabolism, thyroid, adrenals, mental performance, endurance, strength, and sleep, just to name a few. I've had Barton Scott on the show before, and he gave a masterclass on minerals. How this works is simple. You are sent a test kit, and you use some of your hair. You just cut off a short piece of your hair. It could be on your head or pubic hair. You send it back to them and they have your results. They also offer a consultation to go over your results with you. It's simple, it's effective, and it's one of the best tests to know if what you're doing is working for you or not. If you'd like to get your hands on their deficiency test and consultation, head to UpgradedFormulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 to receive 15% off your entire order. That is UpgradedFormulas.com. Use the coupon code Keto Camp 1-5 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below. So you mentioned the tribe. We just talked about how important it is to find a new tribe. The best opportunity right now for the Keto Campers listening and watching is this upcoming Sugar Addiction Summit, which is Quit Sugar Summit 2022. I have been blessed to be a speaker twice before, and I'm coming back for this new upcoming event. (laughs) Grateful to do that. So share a little bit more about the event, what are some of the speakers, and what would the listener viewer expect to accomplish after going through this? Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure to have you on and, and to speak with you on it. And um, it, it's interesting. Some of that we call the you like you the friends of the summit. Their message gets clearer each time, right? 
their uh, understanding of the problem because they're keeping an eye on the science and they're having success with their folks. So it's always a pleasure. But the, the Quit Sugar Sum is we're in our eighth year and this is uh, the eighth annual January uh, event. We, we, you know, we tried to take over January. You know, we want, this is when people are doing their thing, right? And uh, we have all of the best scientists, right? We, we've themed this summit, Sugar in Your Brain, okay? And Dr. Perlmutter's got a book coming out. Uh, Richard Johnson, who we spoke about, amazing fructose research, just amazing. And he's going to tell me some stuff that he couldn't tell me last year, patented stuff, okay? Dr. Nicole Lavina, you know, Yale graduate, uh, Princeton graduate, excuse me, you know, research neuroscientist, just amazing. Wrote a lot about kids and diet, yeah. right? She's got a big TEDx, a TEDx talk on YouTube as well, yeah. TEDx, yep. Dr. Tim Noakes, like he literally wrote the book and helped the South Africans take over the world of running. And it was all about carb loading, right? And he got diabetes at 60, had to change his whole life and realized the mistake that he made and wrote another book called The Lore of Nutrition, okay? He's from South Africa and he's on. Dr. Michael Gorin, the Gorin Lab at USC, named after the guy, okay? And he's raised $50 million for obesity and childhood obesity. No one's ever heard of the guy, right? Yeah. Just wrote a book recently called Sugar Proof for Kids. Mm -hmm. Amazing guy. We just landed a couple of late folks, uh, Dr. Chris uh, Palmer from Harvard, uh, who's doing a lot of work with uh, brain illnesses, epilepsy mostly, and the keto diet. Uh, who else? Uh, Craig Emmerich, everybody knows Craig, you know, Maria, uh, Dr. Cousins. Look, we're not, you know, Dr. Cousin essentially is a vegan keto guy. I mean, it's like he's probably the most famous vegetarian in the world, I'm guessing. It just goes on. I mean, there's just, you know, sugar addiction experts, Vera Tarman and Joan Iflin and Bitten Johnson. It just, it, it just goes on and on. There's, you know, probably going to be over 40 speakers this time. But um, it's just an exciting time. One of the things that happens when I look back at what we've done is people got their exposure to the uh, the sugar world from this event because it wasn't me telling them it wasn't you telling them you know they're thinking oh we're that guy's selling something or whatever you know it's all these scientists with all these degrees who have just been studying this stuff forever right and they're not selling anything i mean they may have a book but they're not selling anything you know what i mean they're just communicating information because they, the problem out there, Ben, I believe, is that people have been duped by diets forever, you know? The diet industry is a $70 billion industry, mm -hmm. and no one believes it still. Mm -hmm. They still use it. They still try it. They still do it. But they don't believe it anymore. And so they put sugar, abstinence, keto, they put this in that category, right? What the summit does is it, eliminates that by bringing scientists who are selling nothing, who have been researching, like I said, for decades in anonymity and puts them in the people's face. Yeah. Kind of hard to ignore at that point. Yeah. And the summit begins on January 24th. Is it seven days? Is that how long? Seven days straight, completely free. Completely free. You don't free. have to pay in. And Go click on Ben's link and go to the, the, the you know, and just give us your name and we'll tell you who speaks every day so you don't miss anything. Yeah, no, we're going to put the link in the notes of if you're watching on YouTube, it's right at the top. If you're on the podcast, it's still at the top. Just click it. You just put your name and email 
and you'll get signed up for it seven days. You could always upgrade your membership, I believe, to get some bonuses and lifetime recordings. I, I would personally do that because I'm that, that type of person who likes to go back and rewatch it. But it's free and it's going to change your life. Dedicate those seven days to watch the speakers, take notes, and then most importantly, take action on what you're going to learn. I mean, the lineup of speakers you just shared, and there's more, exceptional. And if you could, I always love summits like this, Mike, because if you think about it, if you combine all of the speakers that you're having at this summit and the years of research, the amount of money they spend on their credentials, the viewer now, which is somebody who signs up for free, gets all of their research, all of their years of experience and the money spent on credentials. And they take decades of learning and all this money and they take decades and turn that into seven days of synthesizing that great information. So it's such a special opportunity. And it's super cool. You're on your eighth year. I mean, how incredible is that? I'm sure you're going to keep going strong. And yeah, it's a, I mean, it, like you said, like you said, it's totally free too. You don't have to pay for it. The reason people would pay for it is because five or six hours a day, uh, it's a full time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the, the package is, cheap compared to that and all the speakers give you some little bonus with it so it's yeah. just you can watch it you can what we call time shift you know you can if you're off in the night or whatever or you want to do it a week later you can do it a week later a lot of people just watch one a day for a, for 90 days and it helps them with their sugar and helps them with their keto you know what i mean it helps them with their process so but if you want take the week off and you can watch it for free for the whole seven days. Yeah. And you know, it's worth it. If you take the week off from work and you take care of this addiction, you're going to be so much more productive and happier and healthier. And it's, it's, it's so worth it. Your health is your wealth. And this is a great opportunity to really overcome the sugar addiction, the food addiction once and for all. You mentioned or something earlier about, well, you have a book, by the way, which is called The Last Sugar Detox Guide, which we'll also put a link for down below. It's on Amazon. But you mentioned that you bought the website. Um, what were the two websites that you have? Well, sugaraddiction.com was the original website. And then I bought sugardetox.com. That's right. Just so that people can, you know, detoxes have become all the rage. Mm -hmm. When I first started 10 years ago, there were none. Now yeah. there's hundreds right. Colon of them. cleanses, liver cleanses, the whole aisle in Whole Foods. Yeah. And, and, what the, and, and with the sugar thing is that there's a 90 plus percent of them doing people a disservice mm -hmm. because... There's, I counted them, I've, I've, I've tried to get this drug, like George Carlin's thing. Three day, seven day, 10 day, 14 day, 21 day, 28 day, and I've even heard 15 and one. I mean, the problem with those detoxes, gang, uh, if you're listening and paying attention this late in the podcast, is that they get you all excited and then leave you in no man's land. Like the research that, about the regaining the weight it's like you can't just detox and then go back. Mm -hmm. it, it's probably more dangerous, I'm guessing. So there is a method to this madness that we do um, that has thousands of success stories because we are in it for the long haul. We're in it with you for the long haul. We got Zoom meetings every day of the week, you know, 15,000 people in a Facebook group, in, a, in a forums. I mean, it's this is real for you know, a support system for you, you know? Yeah. And the reason I, I brought that up again, the websites is because it's, it's funny because you say sugaraddiction.com, but people don't really like resonate with that word addiction, even though it is an addiction. So you, then you bought sugardetox.com, which gets them in and then they could identify themselves as an, as an addict. It's somewhat similar when I teach keto. 
a lot of people will want to come to keto to lose weight. So yeah, I'll use those words, you know, losing weight, but then I'll bring them in and I'll reframe them. and I'll, I'll let them know you don't lose weight to get healthy. You get healthy to lose weight. And then I teach them how to get healthy, right? Because that's a buzzword. Detox is a buzzword. Losing weight is a buzzword. But truly, we want to overcome an addiction and we want to get healthy, not detox necessarily the way they teach it and also not lose weight. It's, it's the opposite way. So it's very similar the way we thought about this, Mike. No, it, it, you, know, you know what you're saying is exactly what everyone is saying on the summit. And this is what I've seen in the evolution of the storytelling, right? What we need to help people, right? And what happens is when people first come to me is exactly the same. It's to lose weight, right? And we got a saying, come for the vanity, stay for the sanity, right? And it's <laughs> like, good. but when we do the exit surveys, when people are 30, 60, 90 days out, right? Weight loss and even putting type 2 diabetes in remission or arthritis or something in remission is like numbers three and four and five. You know what's number one? their brain, their processing power, their focus, their memory, their ability to work longer, their ability to get up earlier and sleep, not sleep as much. It's the brain benefits that they love the most. And so once people get to understanding this, and yeah, they're coming to lose weight, to look better and whatever, but once they actually live it in practice, there's another benefit that's better and this whole summit is about the brain. So Amazing. I love that. Come for the vanity, stay for the sanity. That's great. What, uh, what are the names of your Facebook groups? Are they free? Can anybody go and join? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you know, it's got the cover of the yellow book, the Sugar Detox and Sugar Addiction Support Group. It's got about 12,000 people in it, 11-something. And then there's one about the food because we separate out the food. You don't want them talking about the food in that group. So and there's another one. The same, it's, there's links into there too. Great. But yeah, if you just get the book, like go to the website, either either website, get a copy of the book. We brought it home. It is free on Amazon, but you, if you want to get it on Amazon by a hard copy, you can, but we give it away free at the websites. And then inside you'll get links to all the, the groups and stuff. Great. So we'll put your website, sugaraddiction.com, sugardetox.com. Anywhere else on social media, you want them to go check you out, Instagram or anything like that? I'm sugar free man on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm, on most of the platforms, I'm sugar free man. Or, you know, sugaraddiction.com on Facebook's pretty big. But again, genuinely, Ben, Google and Facebook do not like the term. And so the growth of the sugar addiction page has been stunted. And even the, I think my group, I think the group should be five times as big as it is. But I think they're lightening on that. They're loosening on that a little bit. But yeah, so so that's why I literally rebranded to Sugar Free Man on social so that I could, you know, get out of the algorithm hell. <laughs> yeah, smart, smart. You got to work with uh, what's happening. So Mike, thank you so much for your expertise, your story of sharing about your mother and yourself with the struggles you had. And uh, your summit's going to be amazing. So I encourage everybody listening or watching to click the link and get signed up for free starting on January 24th, the Quit Sugar Summit. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. And I look, I look forward to more uh, conversations with you. Keep up the good work, my friend. It's just, uh, you're very generous with uh, exposing other people and other ideas. I really love that. So thanks. Thanks so much for listening to that very informative, super important conversation with Mike Collins. Another reminder, 
get signed up for his upcoming Quit Sugar Summit. It's free. Click the link down below. I'm putting it right at the top of the podcast notes. And it's going to change your life. Those speakers that he mentioned were absolutely leading authorities in this space. And uh, learn more about him. We're going to put his links and resources, his book, etc. can be found down below. Please share this episode with somebody you know struggling with sugar addiction. It's going to make a big difference for them. And, and if you found this episode to be valuable and the podcast to be valuable, please consider leaving it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps the show grow. And I hope to see you on the Quit Sugar Summit starting January 24th. It's going to be amazing. Thank you for listening to the entire podcast. I will see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.